Welcome to Leader You by Black River Performance Management, where we believe work should fuel the human spirit, not drain it. In this leadership podcast, we will dive into the lived experiences of people flourishing in today's workplace and beyond. Join us to hear real-life examples of experiences from our own lives and from the leaders we know and trust. Hello, and thank you for joining the Leader You podcast. I'm happy to introduce our amazing guest today. Uh, I have Dr. Sheldon Aikens here, and we are going to be discussing the leadership competency of appreciating others. Dr. Aikens, Aikens is the founder of the Leading Equity Center. Dr. Aikens is also the host of the Art of Advocacy Livestream and the Leading Equity Podcast. Furthermore, Dr. Aikens is the author of Leading Equity, Becoming an Advocate for All Students. With over 15 years in education, he's served as a teacher, a school principal, adjunct professor and director of special education. He is passionate about helping educators accomplish equitable practices in their schools. He has earned a BS degree in social science education, a master's degree in educational leadership, and a PhD in K-12 education. Thank you for joining me today. I'm happy to have you on the podcast. I'm excited. Thanks for having me, Angie. This is an honor. Thank you so much. No problem. So I want to start off and telling why I had you be a guest on the Leader You podcast. And I think diversity is a very hot topic right now, and it's really relevant with what's going on in our society and living in Idaho. We don't have as much diversity um, as other places that I've lived. I lived in China for actually for three years, so got to experience a lot of diversity and be the minority. So I wanted to uh, bring you in to get a perspective on what diversity looks like and also more about just appreciating others and and understanding people from different backgrounds have different perspectives. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us today. Um, I'd like to have you start off with sharing your story. How did you end up having a PhD in K-12 education and being a podcast person and doing all the stuff you're doing? You know, that's a that's a long question. I don't know how much time we have for that. I, I, I do want to touch on something because I thought it was interesting when you said, you know, living in Idaho, there's not a lot of diversity. And I would add to that that there's diversity. It's just there's not a lot of racial diversity. So um, so but and we can get into that later. But as far as my story, um, I started off teaching in the Virgin Islands. So fresh out of college. Uh, I honestly, I did not look for a teaching job. I went to school to, you know, I studied social science education. I wanted to be a history teacher, but I was working at a um, a call center and I was a supervisor. I was making pretty decent money. I was probably making more money than I would make as a teacher at that time. And so as a result, I didn't look for a teaching career or any of those kind of things. And then I got called in and they told me, you know what? We're getting rid of your department, and we want you to basically start over from scratch. We're like your first day of, of working at the call center. And that moment right there was like, oh, shoot, I need to start looking for a job. And as a result, I started looking. But we were late August now. So mm-hmm. schools have already started. There's no teaching jobs. And I'm sitting there on the couch playing video games with my brother. And I'm telling him, look, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And I get a random phone call from a superintendent in the Virgin Islands, and he says, hey, um, I'm the superintendent in the Virgin Islands. We need a history teacher. Would you like to come? And I said, heck yeah, right? So I'm like, yes. first 
first flight out, I'm, I'm headed to the Virgin Islands, and I'm teaching there, enjoying that. And the thing about being in, on an island, like, I'm black, and so I, I blend in until I start talking. <laughs> then people start saying, wait a second, he's a Yankee, he's not from here, you know, everybody is calling me a Yankee. Um, but that really helped me understand some differences when it came to diversity. Again, like I mentioned earlier, it's not just about race. We we often talk about race as far as part of being diverse. But, you know, again, we were all black, but there was some differences. I, I, I came from the States. They were on the island. That's just a lot of different cultural norms that I just had to learn. Mm-hmm. So as I started teaching, I decided, you know, I'm going to start working on my master's. And so I wanted to be a school principal at some point in my life. And I went and got my master's in leadership. And I got a teaching job in Louisiana, so our principal job in Louisiana. So we were back in the states, and I did that for a couple of years. Started working on my PhD. I, I don't know. It took me seven years to get through my bachelor's, but for some reason, after I got my bachelor's, master's, boom, 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 PhD, boom, 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 no big deal. It just kind of happened, and then I thought, okay, I got my doctorate now. I need to move into higher education. I need to become a professor. That was that was my goal. At least that's what I thought was supposed to happen. So I started looking around for jobs, and <laughs> my dad was actually working at the local university here, and he's like, "You, there's this job here. It's called Trio. You should apply for it." Um, but I'm like, "It's in Pocatello, Idaho. <laughs> I'm not moving to Pocatello, Idaho, right?" Um, but he's like, put it in, you know, you never know. So I was like, okay, fine. So I put in an application, and guess what? I got a job at Idaho State, and so I worked, started working here. So I moved to Idaho. It's been seven years now um, that I've been living in this state, and that's kind of my story. Wow. <laughs> I never thought, never thought I'd end up here, but here we are. Yeah, it, that's how life is, right? Yeah. You never, you have all these plans, mm-hmm. but... Life has different plans. So that's an amazing story. I love it. I, I had no idea that you had taught in the islands or anything. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. So um, I, I'd like to know, like, what does appreciating others mean to you? You know, when you think about appreciating others, I mean, and, and that can go in all kinds of directions. If we're looking at it from a maybe a diversity lens, then... Sometimes when I I do, so I do a lot of training. I do a lot of consulting, especially with diversity, equity, inclusion. And a lot of times with the schools that I'm working with, the the teachers, principals, whatever group I'm working with, they want to make sure that we can find common ground. Mm -hmm. That is often the goal. It's like how, you know, what are the, you know, where, where, where's some commonality or, or we're all part of the human race. So, you know, we're all the same in some sense. And what I try to let folks understand is, you know what, it's okay to be different. Right. You know, your lifestyle might be different than my lifestyle. Uh, your race might be different than mine. Your language, your your culture, your your gender, whatever it is, it might be different. And that's totally fine. How do we appreciate that mm-hmm. and recognize that that is a difference? It's, it may sometimes I have I have individuals that, you know, personally, again, lifestyle might be different than what I'm used to or, or, or something that I, I would do. However, that's the, that's what they do. What I believe and what I, you know, my thoughts doesn't shouldn't change anything for them. And so that to me is appreciating others is it's OK to embrace the differences that we all have. We're not all the same. And, and that's and I, I think that's totally fine. So that, that would mm. be if we were going in that direction, that would be my thoughts on what appreciating others should be like. Yeah, I love that. It's I, one of the things I'm thinking when you say that what I'm hearing is minimizing fear Mm -hmm. about people being different than you 
or that maybe if you affiliate with somebody that has differences that it might rub off on you or it might make you think differently. Mm-hmm. It just basically kind of getting to that lack of fear and just really being curious and trying to figure out, oh, wow, that is interesting. I've never even looked at life from that perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. It, and again, it here's the thing. We tend to hang around people that are like us, mm-hmm. right? You know, what am I going to talk about if, if I don't have, like, you know, if I hang around people that, you know, if I watch the NBA and I like sports or whatever it is, I tend to hang around people that watch sports and NBA or whatever it is as well. Football, same teams. We tend to kind of gravitate, and it's human. It's mm-hmm. just natural. We, we hire tend, those yeah. people, too. We hire those people. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so those are some of the biases that we have. We tend to hang around folks that share a lot of the same similar views, thoughts. Married people tend to hang around married people. Mm-hmm. People with kids tend to hang around people with kids. That's just how things are, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Right? But sometimes when we are interacting with individuals that have, don't have those same commonalities. We're trying to find out, oh, well, how can we find this common ground? Or or what what do you like? Okay, I, I, I kind of like that too, but we don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be different. And so I, I think sometimes there's a fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, being a, a black man living in a, a state where there's 0.8% African-American population in the entire state, I interact with people all the time, and I can just tell sometimes, like, they probably haven't talked to a lot of black people before mm-hmm. because of how they are addressing me. You know, it's oh, sometimes it's overly nice. Like, hey, we're so excited you're here. Hey, mm-hmm. welcome. Come on in. I'm like, you don't have to talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Just talk to me like you would talk to anybody else. Like, do you say that to everybody do, with that same enthusiasm with any new person, guest, or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. It's okay just talk to me just like you would talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think sometimes it's just some a little bit of fear for some folks and just level of comfort. It's like, you know, I just don't have a lot of experience with individuals that are a little different than I am. And so as a result, I don't really know how to respond. I don't really know how to interact with them. But to me, just treat them like you would treat anybody else. Just talk to them the same way you would talk to your cousin, mm-hmm. your, your mom, your dad, whoever it is. Talk to them the same way. You don't have to go out of your way to show someone, oh, you're you're welcomed in my environment. Yeah, I love that. Um, you said treat them how they like to be treated. And I, I heard this yesterday, and I think it, it's relevant. The golden rule is treat people mm-hmm. how they'd like or um, how they how you would want to be treated. And then I heard the, of a platinum rule, which is treat others how they would like to be treated. Mm, the platinum rule. The platinum rule. I've never rule. heard of that. I hadn't either until yesterday. I had heard treat other people how they would yeah. like to be treated, mm-hmm. but I'd never heard it be called the platinum rule. So that's a new one, and I, I think it, it's really relevant. So you, you would like to be treated like anybody would treat anybody yeah. else. And so I guess finding out what's important to people is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Like what? how do you want to be addressed? How do you want to be communicated with. We all have different communication styles. Mm-hmm. And so finding out and getting to know people, regardless of what they're like, is huge. Yeah. And it can it can breed collaboration and just getting connection. But you have to be willing to ask those kind of questions. You do. Again, comfort level, right? Some folks are just, you know what, I, I don't I don't know them that well or even if I do know them, I don't know how to ask 
those type of questions. Sometimes I get people that would ask me stuff like, you know, should I say black? Should I say African-American? Should I say colored? Should I say Negro? What should I say? And I say, you know what? I honestly, I don't speak for everybody in, in you know, in my community. However, I would recommend the safest way to just to say black. And if they've say think otherwise they will just correct you and say you know i prefer to be african-american or whatever it is but the bottom line is not everybody that's black identifies as african-american you have people from the caribbean that are considering themselves caribbean american or Mm -hmm. uh you have folks that are from africa that say you know i'm I'm, I'm african so i say the best way the safest way is to just say black um say it with confidence and then again if they feel like it's something different then they'll just say you know what i prefer this no harm, no foul, no big deal. But mm-hmm. again, sometimes people are just, I don't know. I don't. Can I really ask that question? Mm-hmm. Can I? Can, are, are you okay? You know, and and that can cause some challenges because there is a fear that if I say the wrong thing or if I ask the wrong question, then I might be perceived as I don't know, bigot or racist or whatever it is. And so there's that level of comfort that can be a challenge. Yeah. Great points. I love that. So as you're consulting, so you're one of the people that we recommend. You are the person that we recommend (laughs) as a a partner that does diversity inclusion. That's one of the things that we Mm -hmm. don't offer in Black River, but we know it's super important Mm -hmm. and we're not experts. So we stay out of that lane. But that's one of the reasons I want to have you here today, because I want to dive into what are some of the things that you see when you go into the workplace, the challenges, um, from boss to supervisor to just team teams and things where you're seeing a lack of appreciating others or a lack of diversity of thought, diversity of, um, like you said, not just racial things, mm-hmm. but diversity of ideas even. You know, I, I, I come into a lot of spaces and anytime I do a training, especially if I'm going to do a series of training, I always start with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've come into various organizations and they say, oh, that's, that stuff happens only on the news. That's not our organization. We're good. Or I don't know why they brought you here. You know, we're, we're fine. You know, we don't have any. And, and so I say, let's start here. Okay. Well, let's, let's look at some data. Let's, because sometimes some of us live a life where these type of things aren't on our minds. Like, we don't have to consider, you know, am I going to be the only person represented of my identity in this space? If I walk into a meeting, am I going to be, you know, one of a handful of 100 people and it's just me? That's not a reality for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But for some people, especially folks that are living a life who have, where their identity is not often represented, that is something that they're consciously thinking whenever they walk into a space or interacting with other people. So so when I walk into these organizations and I'm talking to an individual who's has, you know, doesn't have these type of lived experiences, then they're like, oh, yeah, no, no, we're good. Or, oh, yeah, I know all our employees. We're fine. You know, there's yeah, no. We got this. Everybody <laughs> feels safe. They, everyone feels welcome. We're all included. It's not a thing. So that's why I said, let's start. Let's start there first. Let's let's talk about that. How do you feel? Do you have any biases? And we we break all of that down. And I think that part right there is the first step is to really think about um, you know, have I had to ever consider these type of conversations? Have I ever had these experiences that some of my colleagues or my subordinates have had? And oh, what does it look like for them? And maybe can I see it from their perspective? That's the first start for me. And then that really can open up some dialogue. You know, sometimes we hear diversity training, 
folks will get triggered and it's, oh man, what is this going to be about? Am I going to be accused of something? Am I going to be called out? Like, what type of, of training is this going to be? Because a lot of trainings can be very abrasive mm-hmm. and, and they can be very triggering for a lot of people. The type of training that I do is not about, you know, calling anybody out. It's not about accusing. It's just more of trying to provide some thought perspectives that maybe you have never considered. A lot of the stuff I talk about is my own experiences or maybe family experiences or things that I've witnessed or of I've interacted with individuals about we talk about it from that mm-hmm. perspective. But again, it's not an ac- accusatory approach. It's just more of, here's something I want you to consider that you probably have never considered. Mm-hmm. You know, they often talk about, you know, you know, if I could just walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily subscribe to it in that sense. I do believe in the importance of empathy. But at the end of the day, there's certain situations that I will never be able to experience or I'll never want to experience or never have to have that happen. However, so I, so I can't relate but I can try to empathize with someone's perspective. Now, as a male, I, you know, I, I don't think about walking down the street uh, in a dark alley, am I going to be safe? That's just not something that I consider or think about. But you know what? I have a lot of women friends. That is definitely something that's on their mind. Uh, when it comes to being on camera, I remember I I had a, um, you know, I was, I was telling a colleague of mine, I said, you know what? Oh, let's just turn the mic on. Let's jump on the Zoom. And she's like, well, I had to put on makeup. I need to make sure my hair is right and all these. I was like, oh, I, I don't necessarily have to think about that. That's, yeah, that's, that's I don't, I, I just jump on camera. I don't have to, you know, make sure lipstick and block blush and, and I, you know, what do you call it? Uh, eyelashes. I don't have to put none of that stuff. I don't have to think about that. Yeah. Right. So there's lived experiences that I'll never have to think about. However, I can try to empathize with someone who says, you know, what? I need, a, I need at least two hours before I can go on camera or I need at least a little bit, you know, I need some, a flashlight or something, or I need this or I need that. Even though it may not be something I need, I need to be understanding of that. And I think a lot of the supervisors and organization, leadership CEOs, things like that, if that is not their lived experience, they not saying that they're bad people, but it's just something that you don't think about. Mm -hmm. And we have to be open to those conversations. And so that's why I start with self-awareness. Yep. It's the key to everything, really. That's the the first component of emotional intelligence, which is what I train on and coach on. So I think we have a lot in common in that area. I don't know that I've brought a lot of the diverse the diversity into it, but that's something I really want to dive into. But more about just finding out more about yourself, where your biases are, um, and understanding. And, and it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And it takes real work to actually look at your behaviors, look at um, your ideas, your beliefs, and examine them, and actually sometimes think, where did I even get this? Yeah. <laughs> and where do I? Does it serve me? And am I going to keep it or not? Yeah, uh, so it has been a quite a journey. We all have biases. Mm-hmm. I have biases. Yeah. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some people tell me, oh, I treat all the people the same. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. We we all do. And honestly, from a, I work with educators, and I say, you know what? Honestly, I don't want you to treat everybody the same. Because you know what, you got students that are gonna need a little extra time when it comes to turning in their assignments. You, you got some kids that are gonna need some some 
I don't know, additional visuals. You got some folks that are going to maybe need to retake something or they might need some additional support with reading or, or writing. So you don't want to treat everybody the same. If you treat everybody the same, then you're, you're going to basically hit that middle area. But then you're going to have some folks that are above that. You're going to have some folks that are, are still, you know, on their on their approach to those things. So, you, so one size fit doesn't fit all Mm-mm. at the end of the day. But we all we all have biases and, and it, it doesn't make us bad people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff that I do, especially when I do implicit bias trainings or microaggressions, those type of trainings is I, I express, OK, here's some of the biases that we have. And how do we overcome those biases? At the end of the day, we cannot eradicate biases. If I do a training for a day and I tell people, I say, look, we're here for a day. At the end of the day, you will still have biases. Okay. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I wish I had the magic wand. Me and too. I, can, I could just do it. And, and then everyone is bias free. It's, it's human nature. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned where do they come from? And, you know, it comes from where we were raised. It comes from our social circles, the conversations that we have at home or the conversations we have, you know, growing up at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, all these different things. The, the TV stations that we watch, the news stations that we choose to watch. You know, there's typically two main, main news stations out there. And depending on whichever one that I watch the most tends to uh, confirm a lot of my beliefs, mm-hmm. and a lot of my thoughts. And so that's what I tend to do. And so that's where all these these biases come from the music, the, the 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 movies we watch. So all these things impact our beliefs and our decisions that we make. So again, there's, it's impossible to eradicate all biases, but it's important to at least recognize uh, and acknowledge that we mm-hmm. do have them. Mm-hmm. And so if someone brings it to our attention, rather than saying, "Well, I didn't mean it that way," or you know, "You need to lighten up," maybe say, "You know what? Okay." It wasn't my intentions. It wasn't something I did on purpose. But tell me a little bit more. Yeah, help me understand. I I really want to know where you're coming from. I'm listening. I'm here. I would like to know a little bit more, so that way it doesn't happen again. Um, And 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 just being open again, being open to these conversations. But often people get defensive. People shut down because they feel like you're calling them on something again because they felt like they I didn't mean anything by it or you're too soft and all these things. I just say like just be open to those conversations. Mm, I love it. But I love being open and open-minded and Mm -hmm. growth mindset. That's really having a growth mindset, just being able to see that, you know, there's always opportunities to learn. There's Mm -hmm. always opportunities to improve. None of us have arrived. And I really believe that even on our deathbed, we still have moments to improve and to give and to love and to actually change our mind. Yeah. I feel like changing your mind has been become something that you're not allowed to do. Oh, you used to think this or you, you know, it's like, yeah, but I grew mm-hmm. and I learned and I'm not the same person. I don't feel like every year, like I'm a different person, like constantly getting rid of a shell or a thing that is like, that doesn't serve me any longer. I'm, I'm growing. I'm in a new path of discovery and it will never end. Yeah. Unfortunately, stereotypes often play a factor. You know, I had one experience with one individual who has a certain identity, and I just assumed that that is the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. And and so and then so for other people, you were talking years of years of, you know, again, like you said, this is my mindset, this is my beliefs, and then now I'm trying to unlearn some things, and it, it takes time. 
It doesn't, like, you didn't get those beliefs overnight. Mm -hmm. So it's not, like, those change of a thought process is not going to change overnight. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we we want things, you know, we want that instant results. We want, you know, that microwave change, and (laughs) it doesn't always happen that way. It just, it takes time. But again, we have to be willing and, and, and acknowledge, you know what, oh, shoot, I've been operating a certain way, and maybe this is very offensive to a certain group of people. Or the things I've said. There's there's a lot of common words or phrases that we utilize t- to this day that have a lot of origins that are, are discriminatory and, and can be challenged. Uh, however, it's what everyone says, so I think it's okay. But I always say, just because you've always done it this way, if you're aware that, you know what, I've been doing it this way and it needs to change, and if you still choose to continue to say it or use those phrases or operate a certain way, then that's something that you need to really wrestle with with yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I love that perspective. If you're thinking about, we talk about that in organizations a lot too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some of the challenges that come up with people is just exactly that, where they're not they're not willing to mention that, you know, maybe it's not the appropriate way Mm -hmm. that maybe, maybe there's a better way. Maybe we've been thinking about this all wrong. Maybe, um, there's different opportunities and sometimes even just going, Oh, I didn't know. And now I do. And I'm going to change. Like just move on instead of beating. And the other thing people do is beat themselves up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been a bad person mm-hmm. or this, you know. I've done it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you don't, you can't be responsible for what you're unaware of. Yeah. But once you're aware of it, then we all have a responsibility. I look at it as life lessons. I used to be big on, you know, early on, maybe a few years ago, I would say uh, I was big on regrets and, you know, oh, man, I messed up and I just beat myself up, mm. can't sleep at night. Oh, man, I missed an opportunity. I should have said something. Mm. I should have spoke up because I'm one of those people that likes to really reflect often. And so mm-hmm. when things happen, it, they catch us off guard. No one wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? I want to to experience some some bias today or <laughs> like no one's like we're not ready for it. Yeah. So it just it catches us off guard. We're not you know, we, we weren't prepared. We didn't have our go to speech to say. And so how we respond in those situations is going to be different for a lot of people. Some people are immediately they they might get angry about it and they might respond in that way. Some folks take some time to reflect. I'm typically the person that it, once these things happen again, getting caught off guard, uh, I, I, I might just kind of choose to kind of sit back and kind of pull myself, get into my thoughts, and then maybe I might try to have a, a follow-up conversation mm-hmm. later on. Um, but again, some of us are just aren't ready. And again, no one's waking up just saying, you know, I, I want to experience some, some discrimination today. Yeah, I, just, I, <laughs> I want to my agenda. This. Put it on the yeah, to-do put list. Put it on my task <laughs> for today. No one's doing that. So it, it just catches us off guard, and we just have to, uh, how are you going to respond in these type of situations, I think is important. Mm. Have you read The Power of Regret by Daniel Pink? No. It I have is not. incredible. Uh, they have the World Regret Survey and the U.S. Regret Survey in there. And uh, it would be, since you used to wrestle with it, I mm-hmm. think um, I love the, the example of the tattoo on, I think, where the Millers, uh, uh, where he has the regret tattoo and it's misspelled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, No regrets, huh? Not even one little letter. <laughs> regrets and so i think that well what they found is that people have regrets about things they didn't do Mm -hmm. times they didn't stand up times they didn't Mm -hmm. tell somebody they loved them tell all of those at the end of life those are the biggest regrets that people have generally messing up 
is not what people regret because they learned from mm-hmm. it, but they have more regret about the thing, the inaction. Yeah. And so it's an incredible book. I would love for anybody to read it. Um, I used to have this mindset of no regrets, but I don't think that gets us anywhere. I think regrets actually help us to move forward and learn lessons. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're a reflective person and you're like, I don't want to do that again mm-hmm. and been, not be too hard on yourself, but how am I going to change my behavior um, and how am I going to not beat myself and think I'm a bad person because I made a mistake? Yeah, life lessons is kind of where I've been at these days. It's like, okay, this situation happened. Circumstance, I, there's nothing I can do about it at this point. Mm-hmm. What can I take away from this situation? What can I learn? How can I grow from the situation? How do I move forward? Yep. One of the most impactful quotes that I've gotten from my coach right now is um, Peter Crone. His quote is, what happened happened, and it couldn't have happened any other way because mm. it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it sounds harsh, but yeah. you think about anything that's happened in your life and how you wish it could be different and how you wish this and you, all of that creates suffering. Mm. And um, to just release that, it happened, but how can I move on? How could I decide that's not the path I want for the future? And just create a new path or a new mindset or a new get a coach, get somebody, have somebody help me work me through this process because I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think ego gets in the way. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even with that, you got to have some sort of an accountability support. Right. Because I'll be honest. I used to be big against against any type of self-help books. And I was like, oh, that stuff is for suckers. That's not for me. I don't need those kind of things. And then when I started reading self-help books and looking at that information, finding YouTube videos, I was like, oh, I didn't know this at all. And I wouldn't even have known to ask these type of questions to find out this information had I not opened up this book, had I not watched this YouTube video. Oh, shoot. I'm on self-help books now. I, I, I like this now. This is actually self-helping. And and so, but before, not e- I, I really thought I, I, I'm good. I can figure out these things on my own. I tend to be a very private person. So I was like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm a self-reflector and, and I can work this out on my own time. But then I started opening up to more people, close friends, family members, and really asking them questions. And again, reading those books really has helped me. And I feel like these days I'm probably the 2.0 version and that's just because I let folks in and I let uh, I reached out for help and mm-hmm. I think those kind of things can be helpful but not everyone's willing to do that and I and again I was one of those people I was like that is not for me I don't need mm-hmm. that that's for people that have problems yeah. but I realized no it's just it helps you figure out things on your you know you, you can learn more and, and it gives you these type of opportunities so yeah, yeah. I, when I hear that it shows me that somebody has a fear of being vulnerable yeah and saying that they need help. Mm-hmm. And we can actually, we always talk about trust, mm-hmm. and there is no trust without vulnerability. Yeah. It's a step that we have to take. And so trusting in the process, trusting and opening yourself up to people and learning, you know, how their experiences shaped them and what they've learned. And wisdom is a beautiful thing, yeah. too. Like older people, I love talking to them because they have so much wisdom. Yeah. And I think we need to tap into more um, elder people and find out, you know, how to what did you do to appreciate others? What were some of the lessons that you learned? Um, how what does it feel like when you are appreciated? Maybe that's a question for you right now. Like, how do you feel appreciated? What does that look like for you? You know, I, I personally believe that I, you know, I 
I'm an educated individual, and I love to read, and I feel like I've had a lot of experience. Now, I'm not I'm not as older as a lot of folks. However, I feel like I've had a lot, a lot of experiences. Mm-hmm. So when someone asks me for my advice, that makes me feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, someone say, hey, Sheldon, you got a few minutes. And, and I have a lot of folks that I've either hired in the past or, or individuals that, uh, you know, students, former students, things like that. And they'll reach out and say, you know, Sheldon, I have this issue. I want to at least know what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. When I say I feel appreciated when people ask for my advice, I would also add to that that if they don't take my advice, it's okay too, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes we, we yeah, you, I spent an hour uh, of my time, my day, because to answer your questions, and then you say, you know, I actually disagree with that. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that's a, the, the path that I want to take. But I do appreciate your feedback, and and we have to be okay with that too. Yeah, we do. Um, because you know, just the idea that they wanted to know what our thoughts were, I think that should be enough. Um, but if we feel like, well, what I told you is gold. And you need to take it as is and don't ask no one else. And, and you know, I know what I'm talking about. I, 20 years of, you know, all this, you know, if, if that's the approach that we're taking, then what's, you know, what, what is the point of giving advice if you feel like you're the end all be all? We all have differences of opinion. Again, my perspective is maybe based off my own experiences, based off of the way I view the world. And, you know, it may not match up or align with some of your beliefs and and, and how you view the world. So, yeah, maybe you disagree. And that's okay. Yeah. Take what you want and leave the rest. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's so amazing. All right. So um, I would like to know if you have any. Obviously, you have a book that you'd like to share. But if you have any. Um, pieces of advice or lessons learned, tips, anything like that that's helped you on your journey that it can be a gift for our listeners today? Um, besides the book you said? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. Um, I, I would say, I, I'll say this. I, I grew up in a home where my dad was an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, and I watched how hard he worked. You know, I honestly, I, I, I joke with him all the time. I said, man, I thought you never slept. <laughs> Like, literally, like, if I had to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, if I, you know, I just always see the light on in the office, I see this man is always working. And and so I said, that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I would never want to be an entrepreneur. So I went into education because I was like, I know exactly where my checks come in. I, I know, you know, exactly how much I'll make, uh, job security, all these things. That was the reason why I initially went into education. But then when I moved to Idaho and I started having all these experiences living here in Idaho, again, not being represented, my identity not being represented much. And I just didn't know how to handle things. I didn't know how to. What is this? What is happening here? I don't know what this. I've never had this happen before. And so I started the podcast. And the next thing I know, there's an opportunity for me to people reaching out. Hey, Sheldon, can you do some trainings? Can you consult Mm -hmm. with us? Can you work with our teachers? Can you speak in front of our our group and all the talk to our students, all these things? So I'm opening up a business, but I'm still fighting it because I remember as a kid, I said, I do not want to be an entrepreneur. Here I am full time entrepreneur running my own business. I have two siblings. My brother's a barber. My sister's a computer graphics designer. All three of us have our own businesses. Mm-hmm. Never thought that that was going to be something that that was in my per- like. Never saw that happen. Just like I never thought I'd end up in Idaho. But at the end of the day, my message is: 
just because you've never experienced something or you think this is not the path that you're supposed to take, sometimes it's good to take those risks. Sometimes it's good to, you know, see where life takes you mm -hmm. because where you are 10 years from now may not have ever been in your, your dreams for you to be. You might have had a plan. But things change, and you have to be okay with things changing. No one knew that there was going to be a pandemic that was going to happen. And so, but it's here. And so now we're, we're making the adjustments. And, and that, that would be my advice, that is just be ready for those changes and be open for those changes that we just were not prepared for. They will happen. How are you going to respond when they happen? Surrender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Surrender to life. Let it be. Let it be. Um, that's a great lead into. Do you think you're living in your purpose now? I I think I am. I am. I enjoy being on stage. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing trainings. I enjoy uh, interacting with individuals because it seems like people come to me because they want to learn. Um, and so I do enjoy what I do. Uh, I, there's always room for growth. I don't feel like I know everything. Mm -hmm. I always tell people I just try to stay a chapter ahead. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I just I, there's no way I can know everything. Yeah. But I try to stay a chapter ahead. I, I do believe that I am living in my purpose at the, in this moment. Mm -hmm. Right, ten years from now, it might be something else. Yeah. Oh, I totally I agree, one hundred percent. That's amazing. So tell us about your book before we end. So my book is called Leading Equity: Becoming an Advocate for All Students. Um, Here's the thing. I get people reach out to me, educators primarily reach out to me and say, okay, Sheldon, I had this situation happen in my school or I had this situation happen in class. What is the, I need a checklist. Give me a, give me a checklist. What do, I need, what do I need to do in order to fix this challenge? And I say, you know what? I don't think I believe in checklist, okay? Uh, if I say I want to bake a cake, and uh, so I got to go to the grocery store. I'm not going to get the, the ready-made mix, right? I'm going to make a cake from scratch. So that means what? I need some eggs, I don't know, milk, wood, sugar, whatever entails. So there's a checklist for that. And then pop it in the oven, do my thing, boom, 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 there's a cake. It doesn't work that way in life, right? There, there's going to be, there is no checklist. And I would tell people, listen, I can give you some guidelines, I can give you a framework, I can give you some information, but every situation is going to be unique, mm -hmm. it's going to be different, and there is no do this, one-size-fits-all approach, and it's going to work across the board. We have schools that are, I mean, the makeup of our schools are so different. you got private schools, you got public schools, you got independent schools, you have homeschool, you have all these different uh, situations. And then you have your student demographics are different, right? Mm -hmm. Some schools are you know, predominantly white. You have some schools that are uh, predominantly of color. You have nice mixtures of schools. You have international schools. You have all these different things. And so I can't give you a checklist as to how to uh, challenge things, how to fix things, how to address these things. However, I can give you a step or, or get you on the start or, or the right path on your journey because we're all on a journey. Mm -hmm. So the book is all about providing strategies for individuals who are educators who are looking for tips, but it's not a do these things and you are a certified, full-fledged member of the diversity, equity, inclusion approach club. to education <laughs> club. Yes. It's not a thing, okay? Yes. But it at least gets you on the right path. Mm -hmm. And that was the goal of the book. So if you, if you are in education, and, and I would say there's some concepts. A lot of the concepts are applicable to 
whatever organization you represent, but it is predominantly for teachers uh, with you know lesson plan strategies, uh, school discipline strategies, classroom management, those type of things, uh, how to bring in culture, how to how to celebrate cultures that are different in minds. Mm-hmm. How do I bring these type of things into the classroom? How do I how do I uh, ensure that you know some of the basic things sometimes that we don't even think about is just learning someone's name. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we have folks from various countries and various cultures, and they're hard to pronounce. And But are they really hard to pronounce, or is it just a name that I never heard before? And, you know, it just takes a little practice. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I learned in history. Like, you know, we can say Tchaikovsky and, and Beethoven and all these. Things. Those, are, those aren't names that you just hear on a regular <laughs> basis. We can say those things, but it takes practice, right? Mm-hmm. Those are considered normal names in, in you know when it comes to classical music and all those things. So if we can take the time to teach about those type of names, but and I have a child whose name is Juan and I don't want to pronounce it, so I just call him John. Or we'll we'll do other things, you know, I won't say Maria, I'll just say Mary. Because it's easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just a simple, just simple things like that, just learning someone's name, how to pronounce their name. Um, and there's other tips and strategies in that book. But I, I think it's really helpful for individuals, again, starting with your own self-awareness and really coming in with an open mind. You know what? I don't know everything when it comes to education. I don't know everything when it comes to uh, working with other individuals, but I'm willing to learn. Mm-hmm. That's what the book is for. Oh, I can't wait to read it. I hope I get a signed copy. I'll get you a signed copy. (laughs) I'll get you one. I really appreciate that. I hope you take the time to listen. And I'm thinking, I'm so thankful for all of our listeners and thankful for Dr. Akins to be here today. Uh, I look forward to the next time we get to meet and maybe even talk together on stage on some self-awareness or something. I see lots of possibilities for us moving forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks.